Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 380. No matter how high that mountain looks in front of you, it's worth to at least try to climb it because you never know what you're going to find. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Rochelle Croft. Rochelle, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready for a fun ride, Mark. All right. Great to have you here. Rochelle Croft works with her husband, Clay, at Expedition Overland, where she competes and drives in the Rally Aisha de Gazelles in Morocco. Her racing team, Gazelles Racing, competes in the longest, most difficult all-female off-road race in the world. She and her teammate Rhonda Cahill partnered with Voice Today in 2014 to bring awareness and a voice to sexual abuse. In 2015, they again took on their mission to inspire women around the world with one simple message, you are loved. So Rochelle, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you and the adventures that you go on. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion? For automobiles. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark, for having me on the show. You're welcome. Yeah. So my passion with cars began at a very young age, at the age of, I'd say, probably five. Oh, wow. And yeah, my, and it's funny, at the time I grew up, I didn't know it could be a passion or a career because it was, I just thought it was weird. So <laughs> <laughs> my dad, we lived out in the country. And so I'm the youngest of three kids. Every time we drive to church on Sunday, he would let one of us sit in his lap and we would drive as, oh, as soon as we were tall enough to see over the steering wheel. Yeah. And, you know, it's all country back roads, so it was totally fine. So I remember that being, I couldn't wait till it was my turn to have that turn to do that, to sit on my dad's lap and be able to drive. And ever from that moment, I've been hooked. I mean, I just love to drive. And in high school, I was always the friend. I had the car. Even though if we all had cars, I was the one who shuttled everyone around because I enjoyed <laughs> to drive. Sure. So <laughs> with that being said, I met my husband at a young age in high school. We worked at a camp all summer in Montana. He had this old Bronco, too. He'd been fixing up and kidding out for four-wheel drive roads. And he let me drive it up a 4 by 4 trail um, one summer all the way up to this awesome place actually one of our episodes called blue lake uh-huh. and i remember just hopping in that truck and it was a stick shift and i was like man this is so fun and it was just so it came so easy and natural to me i just loved it and honestly from then on i just kind of 
thought, eh, it's just something I do on the weekends, you know, didn't really think much of it. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a few years, we got married at, I was 20. We had our first son at the age of 21 as a surprise. <laughs> so we, funny how that works. Yeah. So we decided, well, we're having kids, let's have kids, get it done so we can move on after that and take our kids with us wherever we go. Yeah. So I hunkered down in those years and did, you know, I was just trying to survive with these babies at home being very young. And my husband was an adventure cinematographer. So I was sending him out the door to go on his adventures and to film and to bring it, pay the bills. Yeah. All the while I was at home wondering, when is it going to be my turn? <laughs> like, I, I want to get out there and do something. So yeah. I... Honestly, to be honest with you, I went through a mild season of just a little depression, feeling sorry for myself. Well, I guess I'll just be home with the kids. That's my job now, Mm -hmm. you know. And it was in 2011, my husband, um, that was the first year we started Expedition Overland. And that came from out of a place of the recession had hit Montana. All of our film work had fallen through for six months. Mm. We had our third son on the way. And we had just bought a year 2000 Land Cruiser that was sitting in the garage. And he had this Tacoma that he took out on the weekends. And he thought, he looked at these two trucks and he thought, hmm, well, I have all the camera equipment. I've got some good buddies. Maybe we could do a show on overlanding. I don't think it's been done yet. Yeah. And so that's where the idea came from. And I told him, yep, go for it. I think you're going to regret it if you don't at least try. Let's do it. There you go. And and there's Expedition Overland for you. Wow. So that same year, he brought me home after he they premiered their first episode in Hollister, California at an overlanding event. And, he, and Emily Miller was there speaking about this rally in Morocco. So he brought me home this little postcard about this rally in Morocco. And it was an all-women's rally and any woman could do it. And I looked at that and I thought, hmm, yeah, right, that'll never happen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a big stretch. Let's go to Morocco and do a rally. Yeah. Exactly. For a lady at home with three kids. Exactly. And by then, our youngest, I think, was two. And we went to the SEMA Auto Show that year for the first time, my husband and I, to try to get sponsors for our show and to um, inspire people with this idea that we had to Mm -hmm. make these videos. And while I was there, I met another woman, Julie Meadows, whose husband was working with Backtrack. And she said, hey, did you hear about this crazy rally in Morocco? I was like, yeah, that'd be really fun, you know? Yeah. She was also a mom. And I said, well, I really like driving, you know? And she said, well, I could learn how to navigate. And all of it was so cool because all of the men gathered around us and they're like, you guys should totally do this. You need to do this. Yeah. And it was like, really? I could actually do this, you know? And I talked with my husband. I'm like, look, I'm not going anywhere without your blessing. Cause this is a big undertaking. Yeah. But I think I'd really like to try this. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I think you need to. So within five months time, we, by the grace of God, got it put together, shipped an FJ overseas, which we'd never done any of this before. Wow. Uh, met with Rod Hall and Emily Miller, who trained me in the sand dunes in San Diego, which was so fun for a weekend. Yeah. And the rest, was I was kind of hooked from there. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you know. The mantra here at Cars yeah, is inspiring automotive enthusiasts. And if that doesn't inspire you listeners out there who've been thinking about going to do something with your life, I don't care what it is. If Rochelle could go over to Morocco and race with somebody she met at SEMA <laughs> in the world's longest rally for women, what's holding you back? Come on, <laughs> step up. Wow, that is an incredible 
incredible story, wonderful story. We're going to learn more about you and your business and these trips as we move on. But first, I always like to start with a success quote. This is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning through the sand for someone like you. So, Rochelle, (laughs) take the wheel. Awesome. I think for me what inspires me and gets my blood pumping is when I'd heard it and I'd read it somewhere. But it was a quote that read, if something looks scary, you should probably do it. <laughs> yes. Well, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, great quote. Well, <laughs> let's, let's dive into that just for a second here because the, yeah. con- the concept of a couple of women going to Morocco, okay, mm-hmm. faraway country, could be kind of sketchy, Morocco, you think all sorts of crazy things, and then to get an off-road vehicle and race in a rally Oh, my gosh. So let's take that concept of if something's scary, you should do it and apply it to what motivated you. <laughs> yeah, it it was that factor. I've grown up, I've always had this sense of adventure in me. I've always loved a challenge. I love challenging myself to see if I can do it. Mm-hmm. And I love being pushed in, um, like I love adrenaline things. And I've always loved roller coasters. And somebody told me something was too hard. Um, that just made me do it even more. Mm. So. That's just how I'm wired. And so for me, I remember when I first told my parents about it, they're like, yep, that sounds like something you would do. Never (laughs) been there. Never done this. Yep. That sounds about right. You know, so they know you for me. Yeah. I heard the challenge. I, it's always something that's interested me. I love trucks. I love, not that I knew a lot about them. I just always loved them. And so I, I just wanted to learn more about it. And I thought, man. What a better way to get out of the house and kickstart something than to do this and see where my life takes me, you know? <laughs> way, way out of the house. Wow. Well, Way it, out of the house. It's yeah. very cool. And, you know, it's definitely something that uh, people should aspire to to bring into their lives is, yeah, step out of your comfort zone once in a while. Do something. Maybe the first thing isn't go to Morocco and race a car. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're Rochelle. But you know what? Do something every day that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. For some people, it's just meeting a new person. Or, yeah. you know, going to a new place or reading a new book. I mean, I don't care what it is, but uh, it's a great way to go through life. Absolutely. Because you'll never know what could happen to you. Could you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You told us that delightful story about sitting in your dad's lap and driving the car every weekend to church. But is there a pivotal moment mm-hmm. in your life when you really knew that you were a car gal? Hmm. That's a really good question. I can only think of, I have these memories from my childhood that I knew I really liked cars, but I just, like I said, I never thought it could be a thing. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, I'm weird. I'm a girl and I like cars. Like <laughs> none of my friends did that. So I remember probably when I was 10 and, you know, you watch all the sports cars drive around and I just really loved the Mitsubishi Eclipses. Ah. And I remember telling my dad, I'm like, I want a Mitsubishi Eclipse that thing is awesome. You know, my dad's like, you're 10 and you're a girl. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Go play okay, with honey. your Barbie dolls. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Which, yeah. So he's like, okay. And then I also remember driving to, I think it was on the way to junior high and I was coming into within the first couple of years, I would have a car in a couple of years. So I was thinking that way. And I saw this really, really, it was like this dark purple and it was when the Jeep Cherokee SUVs came out. Mm-hmm. And there was one parked on the side of the road for sale. And I was like, oh, man, if I could have any car in the world, I want that. Like, that's my dream car. (laughs) (laughs) 
kind of weird for a girl, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just loved it. And then from there, I I wanted a Toyota 4Runner. And I just always had, I just always look at cars and I still do. I just really appreciate what people do to them, how they look, how they function. I Like I said, even now, I still don't know as much as I need to know about them. Mm-hmm. Funny, because growing up, my dad was a mechanic and a very good mechanic. And every time he tried to teach me, of course, I was like, oh, whatever, dad. You <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to get it in drive. Exactly. I'm like, just let me go. Yeah. Yeah. Very so cool. Now I'm kind of backtracking. I'm trying to learn more mechanics. So. Yeah. Well, good thing to know when you're out in the middle of Morocco and you need to fix something. You know, you, it, yeah, you learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had Emmy Hall on this show and some of the off-road racing that she does, uh, yeah, the importance of learning how to get yourself out of trouble and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fix even little minor things that uh, could really just stop your progress completely. So it's great that you're yeah. learning that. I'd love to crawl under the hood here, Rochelle, and talk a little bit about a challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But the most important part of this has to do with not so much the actual thing that hits you, but how you overcame it. What did you learn from it? And uh, mm. how did you move forward from that situation? Mm. You know, um, the biggest fear and challenge I had, um, and this was just while racing in Morocco, was the day, the first day we were in the sand dunes in the Sahara Desert. And the only dune training I'd had was about two days, like I said, with Rod Hall in the back seat telling me, go, 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 go faster, go faster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Emily giving me some pointers. And then I just had, I grew up in Montana, so I had experience in the snow and off, you know, four-wheel driving. Mm-hmm. But nothing prepared me for the sand dunes in Morocco. Mm. And I'm a very calm person. Usually that's my personality. I'm pretty calm, put together, even in exciting situations, I can remain pretty calm. But nothing prepared me for the people in Morocco, and they are wonderful, but they follow you everywhere. <laughs> so you, when you're going through the sand dunes the day of the rally, and mind you, we're not going really fast. It's a navigation dead reckoning rally. So your navigator is in and out of the truck taking headings and you get lost a lot, especially your first year. Mm -hmm. We were lost a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. have no idea where you are. And you start going through the dunes and um, the people from the nearby villages hop on their little Honda Trail 90s and they follow you through the dunes. (laughs) So you'll just have I mean, talk about a moment when you want to be by yourself and think of how to dig yourself out of the sand. You'll have five or, you know, five, six kids, guys around you trying to crowd in and tell you what to do in their language. And just they don't know boundaries. They don't know what no means. Mm. And it's not allowed to get help from the people during the race. Mm-hmm. You can actually be disqualified for it. Oh. So it just adds a whole nother level of <laughs> yeah. stress that nobody can prepare you for it. I just had no idea. So this day we were in the dunes and it, they just kicked my butt to put it lightly. I mean, I got whipped cause I, I did my best, but I had no idea what I was doing. I got overwhelmed. I got stressed and I was just like, we just, I got to get out of here. Like yeah. I got claustrophobic. I couldn't see my way out. Mm-hmm. So little by little, I was like, all right, we're going to take a break. We took five minutes, 10 minutes to eat. Recollected myself, kind of hid away from the people. And Little by little, we found our way out because I remember Emily saying, you know, you can always follow the vegetation out of the dunes. Mm -hmm. So we followed the vegetation and little by little, dune by little dune, you know, we found our way out. 
But ever since that moment for me mentally, the dunes were forever locked in my mind as a scary thing that I could not overcome. Mm. And it, frankly, it just pissed me off that <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do yeah. it. So yeah. I was like, oh, this mental. is not okay. Yeah, mental block. Yeah, and it was all mental. So the second year I went back with Rhonda and she'd heard the story, you know, and she's so gracious with me, but she saw me. She saw the fear come over me again as we head into the dunes and I was just scared and timid and not really freaking out, but locking up and kind of shutting down. And you have um, a choice. You can do an easy route, a medium route or a hard route. Mm -hmm. And each different routes are worth different points. And, you know, right away I'm like, well, we're doing all right, I think I can do the medium route. I don't want to do the easy route. Let's do the medium route. And we did it. And actually, Emmy saved my bacon. She actually, you're allowed to follow teams in the dunes. And we teamed up together that day. So oh. Emmy Hall was in front of us that day, and we kind of helped each other out. All right, Emmy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was fabulous. So just the act of being able to follow her, and she totally had no idea my backstory. She was just like, oh, yeah, you're good. Hop in. Let's go. And I'm sitting here like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I'm from Montana. I don't do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she just showed me, you know, so easy. She made it look so easy. And slowly my fear, like, started, you know, dwindling a little bit. And I was able to finish that day. Um, after that day, we actually got terribly, terribly lost in the mountains after the dunes. So we went from a really good high of conquering the dunes and then to really really low <laughs> wow wow well it's a great story in many ways and and teaches so many great lessons and yeah emmy's hall has been a guest here on cars yeah and she talked about a very similar story her first time in the dunes and the challenges and, and oh gosh i can't even imagine uh going through that and then you have the cultural issues and people around mm -hmm. you and all of that so wow wow well that's something, yeah. something definitely to overcome. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd mm -hmm. love for you to share what I like to call an aha moment in your career, or maybe it had an aha moment with this racing you do, but it's a time when the headlights come on in your life and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction that you have. And tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Hmm. You know, probably the best aha moment helped in regards to racing, I'm, there's two sides to me because I work full-time with Expedition Overland. That's our, you know, our bread and butter. Mm -hmm. But then I do this on the side as racing, and that's really a passion and a lot of who I am. And my husband, in 2014, I was to go back and race. And I told him the next time I go race, I want it to be for a purpose. Like, I just, it's great and all just to hop in the car and go race, but I'm, this costs a lot of money. This takes a lot of time. This is a sacrifice on our family. There needs to be something more to this than mm -hmm. just me going and having a good time. Yeah. And so the aha moment came when I told him and I said, I want to combine, I want to combine my story and the fact that I'm a woman and that I'm a survivor of sexual abuse. How do I tie that into racing? I mean, they don't really connect there. <laughs> right. And as, I, as far as I can tell, it hasn't been done, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was so great. He looked at me and we kind of, he just helped me work out this plan of, well, what if we partner with a charity and what if we do this? And what if you are that woman that can race and yet have a voice to speak out for people against sexual abuse? Yeah. And for me, genuinely, that was my aha moment because I always wanted it to be more. And I want, I wanted women and people to see more than just a girl behind the wheel. Like yeah. there's a lot more to me than that. So I would say that would be my aha moment. Wow. Well, you know, 
first and foremost, thanks for sharing a very personal part of your life with me yeah. and the listeners. But you know, this is so spectacular. I've had several guests on the show here that have done that and taken their passion for cars and wrapped it into a way to help others. Uh, It's just a tremendous way to help others in the world, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. And we're going to learn a little bit more as we move through here. But before before we go further, you're partnering or you have partnered with Voice Today. Can you Tell our Mm -hmm. listeners a little bit about Voice today. Yeah, absolutely. They are a nonprofit organization out of Atlanta, Georgia, and their sole mission, their founder is Angela Williams. Their sole mission is to bring an awareness and education for sexual abuse. And she is actually, I mean, she's just a firecracker of a gal. She's incredible. She herself was a survivor of 14 years of it. She's written, um, I know of one book for sure, but right now she's actually working with the legislation in Georgia to pass laws to further help the victims of sexual abuse because it is such a thing that gets swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. And it's the one crime that the victim actually feels like the person in the wrong, you know, not the other yeah. way around. Mm-hmm. And so they're just a tremendous organization. They do classes, they do workshops. They have just a lot of resources if anyone has ever dealt with that in their lives. They just have a lot of tools. And even just if you need someone to talk to, they're all about that. So, yeah, they do great things. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that we put a link on your show notes page here at Carja to voice today so more people can learn about that and uh, help those and themselves that have been victims of uh, this terrible crime. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Let's talk a little bit about proudest moments. Proudest, it could be career moments, it could be in your racing, but is there one in particular that stands out for you you could share with us today? Hmm, my proudest moment. I think my proudest moment was this year in the 2015 rally. Rhonda and I had a really, we had a hard race, and it wasn't due to us as a team, it was due to our truck. We rented a Toyota Hilux for the rally because we didn't have time to ship one over. And, you know, I'd done my best research on finding a good rally truck and you do the best you can, but you never know what you're going to get when you get over there. (laughs) Yeah. Long story short, she was a lemon. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, she was bad. Her name was Esther. (laughs) (laughs) She even got a name. (laughs) We did. We got a namer. She's your your third teammate. You know, you got to be tight. Yeah. And... Oh, man, Queen Esther just did not do well. So (laughs) by, I mean, the second day, we'd broken a shock mount. And I hadn't even gone over speeds over 60 miles per hour. I hadn't hit any jumps. I hadn't, we're talking babying it, you know. No reason for that to happen whatsoever. And in this rally, if you have to call the mechanics, you're basically out of the ranking. Mm. Um, You lose points. So you have to fix it yourself if you want to stay in the ranking. Mm -hmm. And... So the shock mount broke. We're in the middle of nowhere. And Rhonda and I look at each other and we're like, what the heck are we going to do, you know? And between the two of us, we figured out that we could ratchet down the shock, the coil spring, down to the frame of the truck to at least keep it from, it was jetting like through the floorboard. Oh, gosh. So we ratcheted it to the frame of the truck. And this was 11 o'clock in the morning. And I think we had five or six checkpoints to go that day. And we were a long ways from the bivouac. And... We were able to hit all the rest of our checkpoints that day. I think we went through three ratchet straps, 
and crawled into camp that night, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you did it. But we did it. And that was honestly, every other day, something majorly went wrong with our truck. And every time it was like, now what do we do, you know? Yep. So the second to the last day of the rally, Rhonda actually got really, really sick. We went back to the bivouac that night, got all our checkpoints, and she actually passed out. I carried her and the doctor to the med tent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she slept all night long. And due to the cultural language barrier, um, there was a miscommunication. I told them they needed to give her fluids all night, and they assured me they would take care of her. So I came in to wake her up at 4.30 a.m., and they hadn't touched her, hadn't done a thing with her. She oh was gosh. in the exact same position. Oh, my gosh. And this was, yeah, and this was the last day of the rally. And up to this point, we had hit every single checkpoint. Um, we were in a 14th place. We were doing really well. And we were on the easiest day to go. We only had like six more checkpoints and they were pretty easy. So we were able to finally let them know that she needed fluids. So they put two bags of fluids in her and they let us go off the line at 10 a.m. that morning. Now everyone else gets to go at 6 a.m. But because she was still sick, so we were four hours behind everyone else. Mm -hmm. And by that time, you know, you're probably four checkpoints behind everyone. So it's just, there's no one in sight. There's no one. So there's just no judging anywhere. And her navigation skills weren't great because she's still like a blob in the seat, you know, recovering. Yeah, she should be in the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, but she was like, no, we're going. We are doing this. And I was like, well, okay, we'll take it one checkpoint at a time. See how you're doing. If it gets bad, I'm taking you home. Um, But she was determined. And so I think the proudest moment was that day. So I I helped her navigate that day. And I drove, kind of pulled double duty, made sure she was good. But we crawled home that night. We found our last checkpoint with about 15 minutes to spare before it closed. All right. And we came in after dark. And we crossed that finish line. And the whole, all of the American teams, there was 10 of us total, they'd all been watching the screens and waiting for us and rallying for us. Oh, nice. And we crossed that finish line. And they all ran out. And they just could not even believe, you know, what we did. And I can't even, I can't either believe it to this day. Yeah, to rally She doesn't like even that. remember it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. She's, Very cool. So that was cool. a really proud moment. For yeah. Us. Rhonda, you go, girl. <laughs> well, you, you too, Rochelle. I mean, to, you know, to band together like that and uh, continue on and persevere. Wow. That's really something. Very, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. Hmm. This is funny. Some I wanted <laughs> in high school, um, my family and I grew up pretty poor. So I wanted something economical and functional. And I wanted a Honda. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's okay. Hondas are cool. And Yeah. I was like, I did all my research. I was like, dad, this is a good car, you know. And I found one for, I think it was a thousand bucks. My dad paid half. I paid the other half. And it was this little Honda four-door Civic, and I just loved that thing. It was a manual. Um, it had air conditioning. It was an 89. And we also lived out of town, so I did a lot of driving. And I can maneuver that thing through a lot of snow. And <laughs> I don't even know how I did it, but I love that car. It was just a yeah. great – it was a proud memory for me. It was like I found it. I searched for it on the classifieds. I helped negotiate to buy it, and it, I just took ownership of it. Very cool. So, you know, I've – I've had uh, four guests that I've talked with today, and the first one this morning, that was also his first special car. So same, same story. Alexander Bermudez, who's a photographer, racing photographer. He's also a racer. He races with the Porsche Club 
in their racing, uh, sanctioned racing. And, uh, yeah, same story, you know, the inexpensive little car, but he felt really proud about himself. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, second Honda of the day. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is there a car that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? Yeah, and it's. I think it's just for sentimental, but it was a, my husband and I sat this, so to back up, I'd always driven old cars, like I had the old Honda, and I, you know, even with the kids, I just always make, I always made it work, mm-hmm. what we could afford. Yeah. And so, there came a time when it was like, oh, we decided it was time for me to get a better car, and my best friend's mom had this Subaru Outback, and it was a Subaru Outback Legacy Sedan Limited. Okay. <laughs> so they didn't make many of them, but it was the Outback in a sedan, so it had higher clearance, all-wheel drive, spoiler on the back, black leather, sunroof, like the sport, like the black bra on the front. It just looked sporty, uh-huh. and I loved it. And it was so fun to drive. It was just a zippy little thing, and you know, it had all-wheel drive, and oh my gosh, I just had a blast in it. <laughs> cool. And that was the car we had to sell to buy our Land Cruiser because we were having three kids and I couldn't fit three car seats in the back of that car. Uh, so. Yes. Yep. Had to let it, had to say goodbye. It was sad. Yeah. yeah. We've all had those stories, I think, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How about current projects? Is there anything you guys are working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Yeah, it's coming. Actually, this summer, we all just kind of hunkered down. We all, the four of us kind of had adrenal fatigue. We'd gone so hard that for the past five years trying to get Expedition Overland up and running and then with a rallying um, we were just shot so we just produced and finished our third season which was Central America of Expedition Overland and then with a few episodes of Ronda and Morocco we were so we were in Morocco at the same time our husbands were filming in Central America Mm -hmm. and so that season is complete which is a huge accomplishment and right now you know we're actually headed to SEMA next week to start our talks for next season, which is looking like South America. Wow, cool. Yeah, so that's on the show side of it. I kicked around. I did find a women's rally in South America, but I don't know if it's time to do that yet. I haven't decided. So I'm kind of, I am really excited about, I want to go to the rally school in Vermont, and that is on my list, my bucket list, and I am really excited about that. Nice. Um, I'm just not sure quite when that's going to happen, but it's yeah. definitely on the horizon somewhere. Well, yeah, sounds like you guys have some spectacular horizons to look forward to coming down the the pipe yeah. here. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Here's a very introspective question for you, Rochelle. This, I always like this okay. question because it kind of brings out a perception of you have of yourself as it relates to automobiles. If you were a car, what kind of car <laughs> would you be and why? Who? Huh. That's a really good question. I think I would be, I'm between two models here. I'm between a built-up black Toyota 4Runner and a built-up black, like, Range Rover. Oh, okay. So kind yeah. of a nicely, <laughs> a ment- a nicely adorned... Um, Full of leather and all the luxuries versus yep. true off road. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, so I can I'm, see that. I like. I'm classic, but I'm very adventurous. So I like yeah. the classic luxury of being a woman, but I'm very adventurous, and I can do. I can rip up that hill if I need to. There you go. See, that's why I like that question <laughs> so much. Rochelle, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's 
Cars yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com slash sponsors. Okay, Rochelle, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I'm ready. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? That your vehicle is your third teammate. (laughs) I like that. Yes. Take good (laughs) care of your vehicles. You rely on them, especially in your Morocco in the middle of a sand dune. Yes. (laughs) With a lot of strange people standing around crowding your space. (laughs) Will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Mm, Don't take no for an answer. Mm, I love it. (laughs) That's a great one. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think they would really enjoy? You know, the the one coming to mind is uh, Expedition Portal. Oh, okay. And I don't even know why it's coming to mind, but that's the one coming to mind because it's. I think there's so much there, so many different people from all walks of life, that there's a little something there for everybody. Ah, perfect. Great. Is there a book that you think the Cars Out listeners would really enjoy reading that you've enjoyed? Yes, it's a book. I might butcher the title, but it was called The Purple Cow Idea. It's all about thinking way outside the box. I guess so. It's a good one. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources at com slash Rochelle Croft. And there's also a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where you can find the purple cow <laughs> and all the other great books that our Cars yeah listeners have recommended so that you can have a quick, easy link to get your hands on these books and read them. Very, very cool. How about interesting hobbies? outside of your passion for your business and for racing and rallying? Yeah, I actually love making coffee. I'm a coffee snob and barista. Yes. Nice, (laughs) nice. I I love it. I draw all the flowers and leaves on your lattes. My husband gets one every morning. He's very spoiled. Yes. Um, I love it. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Nothing like a really great cup of coffee. And, of course, I live up here in, in the Pacific Northwest where coffee is king. And, uh, you know, you get used to having kind of a regular coffee. And when you go somewhere and have a really spectacular coffee, you just go, oh, my gosh, that's what coffee is supposed to taste like. Yes, I love that. Very cool. Well, Rochelle, this last question is a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and it could be a collector off-road car, it could be a collector race car, or it could just be a collector fun car. But Mm -hmm. money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that Sweet. one vehicle be and why? I would have to say it would be the old Shelby's convertibles. Okay. Now, you're talking about the Shelby Cobra or the Shelby Mustang? Yes. 
Sorry, the Shelby Cobra. Cobra. Oh, gosh. Okay. Why am I not surprised? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's so funny. I think I first fell in love with it because we played 007 on the Nintendo 64. Ah, And that was, or one of the cars on there you could select. And I just was like, oh, these are just, I love the look. I love the feel. I just think they're awesome. Yeah, they are pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And you mentioned in our pre-show chat that you know Kevin Davis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin just finished building one. In his garage. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go for a ride in that yet? I need to because we only live like 20 minutes apart. Oh, my gosh. Go Kevin, yeah. come on, man. Get over to <laughs> Rochelle's know. house and give her a back. Don't even give her a ride. Throw her the keys, dude. Just give me the keys. Yeah, yeah. just give Throw her the, the keys. And, you know, because the snow's going to be coming here soon, and that car's going to have to be tucked away up there in Montana. I don't think that's the car to be driving in the middle of winter no, in no. Montana. But uh, very cool. Shelby Cobra, what color would you like? You know, I like the white, like the off-white with the blue stripes. Ah, blue stripes. Well, a good friend of mine here in Gig Harbor, Ron Goings, built one that exact color. So maybe I can go over and uh, talk him out of that car and ship it over to you in Montana. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Well, Rochelle, you have taken me on a great off-road ride, as I knew you would. And I've really enjoyed talking with you and learning more about you and your inspirational stories and all the great causes that you're working for. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners and me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your very own Shelby Cobra? (laughs) Um, You know, I think that the one piece of advice I would give is no matter how high that mountain looks in front of you, it's worth it's worth the climb. It's worth to at least try to climb it because you never know what you're going to find. You never know. Awesome inspiration. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, your business, your racing, and this great cause. Yeah, so I've got a couple of websites. Our show website is xoverland.com. Awesome. And that's where you'll find our videos and some of our Morocco racing in this season. My personal website is teamxls.com. Great. And awesome. there you'll find some photos and our Rhonda and I short stories and a little bit more about what we're about. That's great. And for Voice Today, I wanted to include them on your show notes page. Is it voicetoday.com? I think it's voicetoday.org, O-R-G, yeah. .org. Okay, great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Rochelle's been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com. Just put Rochelle, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E, in the search box, and her show notes page will pop right up with links to everything that she's talked about today. Rochelle, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your wild and crazy experiences with the listeners and with me. It's been great fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you not down the road, but over the sand dune. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. It was a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!